on maynard.com.au. AU! What's that stain you can't explain? It's Bunker Bunker. With Maynard and Tim Ferguson. Episode 29. Just call it... Tim, the election is growing quite close. We're here at Cafe Fru-Fru and a lot of people have been talking about the major topic that we are facing in the Australian election. The population is facing the question, should the new national anthem be da-da-da by Trio? Da-da-da. Da-da-da. Or my old man's a dustman. Oh, my old man's a dustman. He wears a dustman's hat. He wears gold blimey trousers and he lives in the council flat. Look, I've got to go da da da. It's got the right feel, it's got the best lyrics. Who can't get their heads around those lyrics? Even I can remember them. Da da da. Da da da. And it's got a good message to the rest of the world. Well, it's quite da da mm, That's true. And I think it's about time that Australian had an anthem written by some Flemish people. The Flems never get a go. So at last, the Flems get to be part of Australia as opposed to being just a mocked nation. On the original 12-inch, they actually put their phone number on the back of their record. They put that phone number on the back of their record. That is a band who's not expecting great things. We're here for a huge show for Nabung Bunga 29. On today's show, you'll hear some news. That's his opinion and he is entitled to it. You'll hear some crank mail. Do you get... Do you get the crank mail? No. There'll be a sound effect solo. <laughs> we'll look at a nudie Rudy burning social issue. Oh, it's bull crap. This is bull crap. We'll find out what's in my bug out bag. <laughs> and of course, everyone's waiting for Tim Ferguson's right of reply. He doesn't know what to do about it. That's right. I have the right to reply. And as soon as I think of something to reply to, well, we'll get straight on it. But first, Bunga Bunga News. Yes, the Bunga Bunga News, what is happening? Well, uh, Maynard is doing a show. He's doing a massive show full of dancing people. Tell us about it, Maynard. As we record this, I'm very excited about going to see Dita Von Teese. And believe it or not, Tim said to me, who's Dita Von Teese? So I just told him that she was my girlfriend. Well, I used to go out with her as well. <laughs> well, you have slept with a lot of people. Well, yeah. And on Saturday the 18th of June, a new movie for the Sydney Film Festival, Sing Street's coming out. So we're having a Sing Street School Disco at 9 o'clock in the lower town hall of Sydney Town Hall. And it's free, 9 o'clock till 12 o'clock. Come along. We're going to start at 1985 and then work sideways. So a school disco, but grown-ups are invited. Now, there will be some discipline, but not the sort you're used to. And Nutbush City Limits will have to be played because I'm sure if we're doing a 1985 school dance, in fact, even now they still play. Nothing by Midnight Oil. Come on. Nothing. in your criticism of programming on the ABC over the last couple of bunga bungas. I think they're beginning to crack. We were both at the ABC Ultimo Harris Street foyer yesterday and I could describe the mood of the building as empty. It's like the zombie apocalypse where only the zombies are walking around and even they're disappointed. 
I'm sure the people that still remain at the ABC are very glad to have a job, but they don't look like they're that happy about it. Well, they all think they're about to be sacked. Who knows why that would be? I think that's probably because they've been sacking everybody. And once your friends start to leave your workplace, I guess the fun goes out of it. How good can your comedy be if the clown just got sacked? Would that be the environment where you'd be willing to take risks with programming or would you want to take risks because you think fuck it having regularly pitched stuff to the abc that is not just of a racy nature but is of a revolutionary nature i can tell you that no the mood is not to make television that uh, rips people's skulls off their heads as much as i like to develop those things topics such as asio and sex businesses are not things they really want to talk about. And if you look back on this stream, you'll see an interview I did with the author of The History of Asia, Volume 2, talking about Asia during the late 60s and early 70s, including the, the, the raid on Asia that was when the Whitlam government got in. Well worth a listen, and I, I ask him some curly questions, and he dodges them beautifully. Oh, he does it really well. I mean, I, at the end of it, I was no wiser but I really liked him. If I'm going to be told nothing, I want to be told nothing by a guy as cool as that. Let's listen to five seconds of his warm voice. You being part of, well, part of the, of the military-industrial complex, so to speak, is that, do you know how to write this so you wouldn't have to get stuff cut out of the book? Interesting. <laughs> Your point about the military-industrial complex is not much of an industry here in Australia. <laughs> it's three people in a Kelpie. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's, uh, there's certainly, you know, an, an aspiration for an industrial complex here, and I don't know if we've quite reached that stage. See, he's great. I mean, you just got to love him. I'm going to hug him. So I have to apologise if this podcast is out a little bit later than you expected there. We are having financial difficulties in the world of Maynard. Sold my body. It was returned. Can't put out podcasts as often as I would. So please, if you know someone who can donate on Patreon, please do. Patreon.com. We'll give you the address right now. What's the Patreon address? Patreon.com forward slash Maynard. We'll let you know more about that. And we'll be thanking our Patreons later in the show for their support of us. But let's get on to some Doug Anthony news here. Because I believe you guys have got some big shows coming up in the near future, plus your big election special in Brisbane. Yeah, we're going to Adelaide, which is a little known town. I'm not quite sure where. It's a big country town and it's in... It eludes me. But either way, it's called Adelaide. It's July the 7th. We're doing the Comedy Store in Sydney as well in mid-July. On the actual night of the election, you're playing Brisbane. That's pretty special. Yeah, we'll be in Brisbane the end of June, the beginning of July on election night. I don't know how we're going to cope. Luckily, the election looked like it's going to be such a shit-fucking clusterfuck that nobody will know who's going to lead the country for at least three or four years afterwards. I believe that Paul Livingston will be giving updates from his phone and we'll have a very small tally board doing updates like Anthony Green on the ABC. He'll be doing that kind of stuff, except without saying anything and being expressionless. So how's this going to work? Yes, it'll be like the magic of Penn and Teller. Everybody will be told how it's going to work as it's happening. We are very into our local election here. We are in the seat of Sydney where the uh, Madame Frufru Cafe is. And so we've been looking at what happened in the last election here because they haven't announced the candidates officially, everybody. We know that the Greens candidate here has blue hair. Blue hair, which shows a remarkable amount of confidence. Also a, an ability to follow trends. A little bit too late. Blue hair is so Katy Perry. For God's sake, keep up with what's happening. 
because mohawks, mohawks are making a comeback. So come on, little Miss Green, get a mohawk or just drop out of the fashion game entirely. Bunga Bunga is throwing its uh, huge support behind a number of parties. That list continues to grow. We uh, throw ourselves behind the Arts Party, of course. Uh, Anthony Aykroyd, if you're able to vote for him, please do in the uh, New South Wales seat that he's in. We, look, we give a nod to the Socialist Alliance because good on them for still being there. Good on them for trying, good on them for doing whatever the hell it is they do, apart from throw marbles under police horses. And of course the sex party. Is uh, right behind women's rights. I went to a sex party meeting and I've got to say it was a tremendous disappointment. It wasn't exactly what he thought, but Tim's looking over the results from the 2013 election for the seat of Sydney there. And Tim, uh, in Anthony Green style, what can you tell us about what happened in that election? Well, obviously, the clear winner was Tanya Plibersek for the Labor Party, over 40,000 votes. Followed by, and you've got to wonder, for inner city, inner west of Sydney, a guy called Sean O'Connor for a party called the Liberal Party, who found 26,901 votes in the inner west. Look it up on the census, people. Half a million dollars. I think it's half a million dollars is the average household income for every house in Glebe. Liberal voters tend to vote for the money that they own. And good on them. Why not? Because their father gave it to them. There's no reason why anybody should take it off them. Very interestingly, Peter Boyle, if that's his real name, no relative of Susan, Peter Boyle of the Socialist Alliance only got 613 votes. This is in the inner west. This is a a suburb full of screenwriters and people wearing homespun wool. This is a place where quinoa can be ordered at a cafe without anybody laughing. The Socialist Alliance. I've got to ask, Peter Boyle, who the hell are you allied with? The Socialist Alliance better start finding some some more influential friends because this is just a bloody embarrassment. (laughs) Socialism is dead if they can only get 600 votes in a place where people write haikus and read them at pubs. I think one of the legitimate questions we should probably ask the Greens is that uh, since they are influenced by a German party, can they take us back to the heady days of the Weimar Republic in Australia, where cabaret ruled? The Greens and Cabaret go together like ham and more ham. They are the ones that have the colourful costumes at demonstrations. Well, that's true. And I know the Greens carry on about, you know, the National Party and farmers, but that's because the Greens are at heart a German political party. And also because they misunderstand actually who controls the environment. The people who control the environment, by and large in Australia, are people who own the environment, which is farmers. And a big shout out to my mate Mark Proudlock, who along with the fine people at what used to be called Molly Corps, and then it was Comstill before that, make the best train wheels in the world at Mayfield in Newcastle. Yeah, the Chinese made their own train wheels. They just don't last as long. So yes, they're cheaper, but they don't last as long, which if it was on a car, that's fine. You can easily change your tyres, but taking your rolling stock off the track, putting the wheels on it there, it's a much bigger deal with your rolling stock, and that time off the track is where the cost really is. So buy your train wheels from Mayfield, people. Up, 
people on average fart a dozen times a day. But really, if you want to stop the methane, you've got to start killing the people. What if you just bung yourself up with charcoal tablets? Wow! Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of thinking that a Ferguson government will install. I suggest to anyone who really, really wants to make their vote count is to get a postal vote, organise it in a head, and then spend a night numbering all the boxes below the line carefully. I know it's tedious, I know it's not exactly sexy, and it won't get you laid, but you can be absolutely sure where every single one of your preferences goes to, and also it makes the electoral people work just that bit harder. On the topic of family first, let's be clear, Satan is a family guy. Satan spends just as much time following people around, watching what they're doing, trying to influence their opinions, always being the little devil on the left shoulder, whispering thoughts about things that God created, like sex. So don't go discounting Satan just because occasionally people get his orders wrong. Bunga bunga! Tim and I also paid a visit to one of those great institutions yesterday, the Australian Medical System. I mentioned to you, Tim, as, as you mentioned in your show, do you find hospitals creepy, you asked me? And like a lot of people, I thought, is it the smell of the anaesthetic? And I thought, no. I said, Tim, it's because, as you say in your show, in a hospital, you can hear the tick-tock of your life going just that little bit faster, can't you? Yes, it is louder. Tick-tock, 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 because you go into a hospital, if you don't recognise it, there's something in your system that knows that there is a fair bit of death going on. I used to be scared of uh, hospitals and find them creepy, but then I realised, having spent a bit of time in them, hospitals really are a place of A, healing, where people get better, and B, hot nurses in tight uniforms. They were very nice there, weren't they? They spoke to me as well. Oh, and by the way, when I said hot nurses in tight uniforms, don't go poking a stick at your computer saying, how dare he? Nurses come in male, female, and of course, uh, cross-gender forms now. So sexist got you on you, listener. I think that kid was there too. Oh yeah, yeah, that kid. I mean, he's following us today. Oh, yeah, good on you. I thought it was the height of rudeness, really kicking a guy when he was down, when Goff, on the dismissal, he's on the steps there trying to get the speech out, and the same thing happened. Well, may we say, God save the Queen. Open the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Tim, I believe there may be an animal urinating in there. Yes, interestingly... What it is, is an armadillo, a very little-known creature, a very humble creature. The armadillo is, in fact, pissing into the Queen's Royal Cup, which gives it that nice sort of tinny echo. Listen. Beautiful. Bunga Bunga Mail here through our Bunga Bunga Facebook page through Maynard at Maynard.com.au or you can get in contact with Tim through at Real Tim Ferguson and also www.cheekymonkeycomedy.com which you'll, it'll tell you everything that's going on which is a movie. We've got a movie coming out on September 15 called Spin Out. Yes. Spin Out is an Australian comedy movie full of young people. Yes. Hugo Weaving is not in this film. And we're going to be uh, playing bits of that on the upcoming shows as we get closer to it, as soon as Sony allows us to do that. And we will be going, hopefully, to the opening night and doing a bit of a Bunga Bunga special on the opening night. Tim will be far too busy doing interviews, but I'll say there's Tim over there in the background as I'm escorted from the uh, cinema. Spin out. Get onto it. 
Getting into the crank mail here from Grant McCarran. He writes, what's your favourite seat in an aeroplane, aisle seat or window? I'm an aisle seat kind of guy. I got a taste for it in the 80s and 90s. The captain's, the captain's seat is the best. Tricky on takeoff and landing, Tim. Yeah, so I've got to demand that seat when the plane is in the air. Boy, does that cause me trouble. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? I sit on the aisle just because if something does happen, if you're by the window, the first thing you've got to do is claw the face off someone else and crawl over their dead body. I don't feel like doing that. Tim Brady writes, are you a Marvel or a DC Comics guy, Tim? I gotta say DC, certainly for the comics, not for the movies. The recent Batman versus Superman unfortunate business was an unfortunate business. In terms of their artistry, storytelling, and the characters themselves, yeah, I gotta stick with DC. Of course, you're listening to Bunga Bunga 29, your official Dad's Army 2016 podcast. But unfortunately, that movie's gone straight to DVD, Tim. Straight to Netflix. That's <laughs> going to be the latest way those things are spoken about. Belinda Anderson Pierce writes to us, which film is better? Controversial question, this one, and a bit obscure. Which film is better, the Rocky Horror Picture Show? The Rocky Horror Picture Show is a must for all of you. If you don't go and see it, I shall belt you around the mouth and mouth you around the belt. Or Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise. A gothic horror story. What was that? A beautiful love story. A cinematic odyssey through the rock universe. From Greece to glitter and beyond. The story of a sound. The man who created it. The girl who sang it, the monster who stole it, and the phantom who haunts the paradise. Man, you better get yourself a castrato for this. I want you to stop terrorizing the paradise and rewrite your cantata. Phantom of the Paradise. Phantom of the Paradise, hands down, slam dunk. Don't get it confused with Attack of the Phantoms, the Kiss movie, very different. Phantom of the Paradise, music by Paul Williams, is a movie dear to my heart. You'd be able to find it somewhere. It's like Phantom of the Opera, except good. Paul Williams, who wrote the Love Boat theme and just about every other sappy love song in the 70s. And it came out in 1974. Check it out. The music is fabulous. Uh, Can we hear just a little bit of one of the tracks? That's horror for you. Very funny, well, well worth watching. It's great, it's a beautiful old classic story and I would dearly love to see it done as a musical. Well worth a look. Oliver Udall wants to know, what should I have for dinner tomorrow? Your cat. Seriously, the damn thing is eating you out of house and home. It's about time it gave back to the family. The Madame Frufru Cafe in Glee Point Road, where they put up with us. And we now have billing on the marquee. We've got a poster in the window of Madame Frufru. It's wicked. I've got to say, Madame Frufru's banana bread and coffee are second to none. They actually know 
how to do it. Most of the time in Sydney, they've seen a website made by someone in Melbourne as how to do it. Madame Frou-Frou is actually cool because they spent no time worrying about what the decor is, and that's a true cafe. All the others spend way too much time. It's all a bit poised. It's all a bit, oh, and here's a, an album I like. Come to Madame Frou-Frou Cafe, mention Tim, mention myself, mention Planet Maynard, mention Bunga Bunga, and they'll just say, that's nice. Oh, yeah. They'll go, oh, good on you. The great thing I really like about Madame Frou-Frou is it's all about the coffee. Even the music is just, I think, Spotify going around and around and around. <laughs> it's just about the coffee and the cool. Close up the crank mail. Crank mail. Boy, we certainly get some interesting questions from those people, don't we, Tim? Oh, man. Thank you so much for jumping onto our Facebook page and asking these stupid questions. This just in. Another in a string of bizarre robberies has occurred near downtown. A gang of young women is attacking businessmen, usually as they walk alone. They incapacitate their victims by smothering them with their big asses. It's time for the burning social issue. Yes! It's a simple question, as all good burning social issues are, a deep one. When you first get home from going out or being anywhere, what item of clothing do you take off first when you get home? Mmm! My goggles, every time. First thing, goggles off. They're big brass ones. He's normally got a flying jacket on. Kind of goes with the whole wheelchair look. He's the red baron of wheelchairs. Yeah, goggles go straight into the goggle box. A lot of people leave them on. They can even sleep with them. I just feel out of balance. They're also virtual reality goggles. So if Tim doesn't like actual reality, he just turns a virtual reality on. Makes it difficult when you're pushing him around because he demands that you attack the Hun. No, we can't do that, Tim. We're in Gleepoint Road. Yeah, but by the Huns, I usually mean the Greens party born in Germany. I just try and take everything off at once. So you'll see me hopping on one leg, trying to take off a sock while I'm pulling a shirt, still done up over my head and collapsing into the kitchen. A little bit like you mentioned that character at the beginning of the Jaws movie who tries to follow the woman into the water and then falls over. I'm like that character. Some people try to get their G-string off first using some sort of weird... Dave Mulligan says he gets his underwear off first and I asked him how he does this and he said he wears it on the outside. Superman. Yeah, I knew there was something invincible about Dave. Well, Mel Langford gives us order of her top three. She says shoes, bra, then pants. She must do the old taking the bra off while still wearing the shirt trick. I think she just likes saying the word bra. Come on, Shell, come on. We all know that you don't wear one. Uh, Claire McConnell says shoes then bra and sometimes she even makes it into the house before she does that. Wow. Critter from uh, Western Australia writes shoes and then the underwear again. Nobody says tights. Wow. Well, you're all very autonomous. When I come home, I like to get someone else to take my clothes off in whichever order they choose. So start opening your minds, people. There's the burning social issue not solved as we expected to be. Yeah, I didn't want that one to be solved. It's a little bit like who built the pyramids. It should remain an apparent mystery. An apparent mystery, apart from the fact that they had millions of slaves (laughs) who did what they were told. But maybe it was aliens. So speaking of aliens, a shout-out to Kittler, your cat. Did Kittler ever apply to get into art school and be rejected? Uh, He did. (laughs) Apparently they thought that all the poor work was a bit repetitive. (laughs) It's time for What's in Maynard's Bug Out Bag. 
That's right. A bug out bag is something you take everywhere with you, and sometimes I usually do. Usually when I DJ, there's always a bug out bag not far away because a crowd can turn ugly very fast, as you know, Tim. I've got this. Can you explain to people what this large reference volume I've pulled out of my bag is? That's it on the table. It's thick. Everybody Needs It is called The Book. It's the top 40 research. From 1956 to 1999, it contains top 40 chart histories of the 20th century. If there was a song and it was on the radio... It's every charting top 40 song in Australia from 1956 for the rest of the 20th century there. So, Tim, just pick a page at random and see what we get. It's got them in chronological order, it's got them in group order, it's got them in album order. Find out the history of any particular group or song. We've got Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Ooh, what one? Parents just don't understand. So to you other kids all across the land, there's no need to argue, parents just don't understand. One of the few tracks that's got rapping lyrics about Brady Bunch reversible bell-bottom slacks. But back the bell bottom Brady one's trousers But if you don't want to I can live with that But you gotta put back The double knit Reversible slacks What year was that? 1988 And it got to Number 38 On the charts Which is Gone pretty well So to you other kids All across the land Take it from me Parents just don't understand DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, basically all their songs usually revolved around them getting involved in some sort of conundrum that they had difficulty getting out of. One of the great ones was I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson. I'm rough like a freight train, smooth like ice, and yo, Jeff, straight up, I think I can beat Mike Tyson. You could be him, man. Which has the great lyrics, My Bowels Released. One punch that's all it took. He hit me in my ribs and my inside shook. Now how can I say this and be a little discreet? Let's just say that my bowels released. I called time out and went back to my corner. Said to my coach, ain't no way I'm going to hell back out there, man. You can't forget it. Look, there's even Herb Albert and Tijuana Brass. They were huge. What year? That was number one. They got a number one hit in 1962, The Lonely Bull. That just goes to show that Australia, even in 1962, was old-fashioned. Before the internet, ladies and gentlemen, if you wanted to know something, you had to go to a book. I think we should have a sound effect request from Tim Ferguson. He's thought long and hard about something he wants to hear, and now you are going to hear it, dear listener, here on Bunga Bunga 29. A yodeler yodeling in a room with no echo. That's right, a room wall-to-wall egg cartons. See, it takes all the fun out of it, doesn't it? It makes it seem a little bit crazy. Just think how disappointed they must have been. Yeah, I mean, you're putting everything into it and it's just not coming back. But right now we'd like to thank our Patreon supporters. The reason the shows have been a little bit less lately is because I've had to take a boring office job in which I'm looking after the water cooler for the Australian Electoral Commission. I'm making sure it's topped up. 
Paul Maynard is our man on the inside of the Electoral Commission. If you want an election to be tilted one way or another, George Bush style, Maynard's the man to flip a little bit of cash to. We'd like to thank our patrons that of course have gone to patreon.com forward slash Maynard and supporters. I'd like to thank Rachel Dunlop, Dr. Rachie there. Thank you for that. Emily Short, Mark Kirby. Thanks, Mark. Daniel, Leonie Lynch, Big Ben Begley there in the US, thanks for that. David Hickey, DJ ADHD himself, Dana H and Sammy Satin, thanks. And a big thank you to Nick Andrew, to Peter Young, to Christy Shields of the Shields family, Richard Wright, Mel Wielden, Norman Fox, Gregory Dararis, Grant McHeron, Andrew Waddington, Lindley Kissick. Delivering mail there in beautiful Melbourne. Howard Lovett, a guy called John, who we call John or John O or J. Sue Wielden, a dear friend of the Doug Anthony All Stars. Danny Matthews, a dear friend of everybody and big friend of Bunga Bunga. Katrina Hale. Katrina's one of our favourite people, mainly because just of her sunny demeanour and open heart. Rebecca Jones, and of course, Katie. And we'd like to thank the other supporter too, DNC Lifestyles. Have you got a dog? Have you got a cat? Have you got an animal you think needs some pampering? Well, DNC Lifestyles have got it all for you. You may think, my cat, a typewriter? Why would I need that? If you get 100 cats in a room and you get each a typewriter, you will end up with, well, shit-filled typewriters. But who hasn't got one of those? The writing won't be good, but the cat will be happy, which describes most of Glebe. Yeah, that's most of Glebe. That's DNC Lifestyles. Get onto it. Proud supporter. And they're on the front page of maynard.com.au. We'd also like to thank the Socialist Alliance, just for trying. Good on you, guys. Socialism. Give it a chance. I'm sure when President Bernie Sanders shuffles off the mortal coil, which will be two weeks into his presidency, you'll be able to stand back and say what a glorious fortnight that was. Tim's historical hypothetical. I'm not ready. These things, they're a bit beyond me. Tim, the date is the 15th of April, 1912. I don't know if I can think back that far. The place, the North Atlantic Ocean. I knew it. It's 11.40pm at night on board the Titanic. Ship's time. You are First Officer William Murdoch. Ah, yeah, yeah. He was the guy from the movie who says that thing. He can smell ice, except he's not that guy. I guess that drug was around then. He could smell ice. Frederick Fleet spots an iceberg immediately ahead of your ship Titanic that you are uh, currently steering. You are First Officer William Murdoch. What do you do when you hear Frederick's fleet yell out, iceberg dead ahead? I just rearrange the words until it makes a more accurate sentence. And by that time... (laughs) You end up with iceberg dead. And if you did do that, you'd probably win your round of Sudoku. Oh, yeah, you'd certainly win Sudoku. It was a difficult time. They were going very fast. Some of the actors on board were less than good. Kate Winslet was very distracting. So if Tim had been on the Titanic, it would have ended very differently and much, much worse. The thing that really sank the Titanic was capitalism. That actually meant that the boat was just going too damn fast. And how has the speech writing for Bernie Sanders been going, Tim? It's been going really well. Bernie's going from strength to strength and that first two weeks of his presidency before (laughs) we all stand back and realise we've elected a 75-year-old man. 
will just be glorious. He'll give some great speeches. And of course, our favourite moment from Hillary as her career as uh, Secretary of State was when she visited the Philippines and was giving a speech about the Moro Islamic Liberation Front that were causing some issues there. And she was handed a bit of paper about them and she said, let's hear that now. And I'm encouraged by what I hear about the uh, progress in the peace efforts. Uh, that are going on between uh, the government and uh, uh, MILF. The kid had to boo that, didn't he? We all like MILF, and it was wrong of her to speak against it. Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question no one asked. Don't expect too much. I was asked yesterday, do the Doug Anthony All-Stars push the boundaries? Does Bunga Bunga push the boundary of generally agreed conventions? And my answer was very simple. No, no, we don't. The boundaries are a lie. The boundaries are an agreed facade. And I used as an example the asterisks that you'll be able to read in every newspaper whenever someone says a swear word. And you know what they are, you dirty bastard listener. You know what they are. Every time we hear a beep over what we clearly know is a swear word in America, they actually pixelate people giving you the bird. We know that's the stiff middle finger, but we all agree to let the lie continue because of A, children might hear it. Everybody knows children know how to swear first. If you raise children, they know which words are the real money punches. Or maybe grandma will be upset, but that ignores the fact that grandma has been around for a lot longer than we have and swear words have been around a lot longer than grandma. So it's patronizing and stupid to think you'll upset grandma. Then there are the people who just, oh, they just don't like those words being used in anger and they should fuck the fuck off those people because all they are is just passive aggressive. The fact is we like to step over the agreed boundaries and play in the fields beyond, ignoring the lie which is that some words are better than others. Some policies are more politically correct than others. We play in a place where nobody else has the vision or the guts, and if they do, then they're usually comedians. And who do you think is the one that's pushing the most in this country at this time, Tim? Well, apart from the Doug Anthony All-Stars, I honestly don't know. There are a couple of good Americans, and certainly Jerry Sadowitz in Scotland. I think Ronnie Cheng does some really great stuff, surprising people with where he goes with his comedy and the issues that he'll tackle. But there's nobody really who has a reputation for being a dangerous comic. Oh, you've got to go and see her. She's dangerous. Ooh, nobody's got that reputation, apart from the ancient Doug Anthony All-Stars. And that's not because we try, it's simply because we don't care. Our songs about the porn tsunami, our songs about pooping on my chest is not a game. Wit has never been our intention or our... And we've certainly succeeded with that in Bunga Bunga 29. Today you're here coming to you live from the Madame Fufu Cafe. I think it's time to wander off there. Any last statements to people? Anything you'd like to have written down on your will before we go, Tim? Keep your hands off it. You know what I'm talking about. Keep your filthy hands off it and focus. Focus. In between shows, you can check out the Bunga Bunga Facebook page. You can go to the Maynard Facebook page. You can go to the Cheeky Monkey Facebook page or cheekymonkey.com or you can catch Tim on Twitter at Real T 
Tim Ferguson. And please support the show, and there will be more of them at patreon.com forward slash Maynard. If you could convince a friend to give even a dollar a month, that would be fantastic. You bet. Just a, a dollar, except more. You know, stop it, you stingy bastards. Throw in a bit of cash so that this show can continue, because doing it for the love only goes so far. I mean, Maynard and I do love each other like brothers, but that doesn't feed us. As you always say here, if you're going to tell a lie, make it a big one. It's been Bunga Bunga from Maynard. And Bunga Bunga from Maynard. Bunga Bunga.
Bunga Bunga. On Maynard.com.au. AU!